When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You all right? It's innate for us to compare and contrast, although it's probably more inane. Regardless, indulge our inane side for half an hour on this wonderful Wednesday. I am Jake from What If Football, as always. Thank you so, so much for donating to this Patreon page and supporting the channel. This is the sixth episode of the Combined 11 podcast. Two Champions League winners, Bayern of 2020, Liverpool of 2019. Let's get stuck right in. And here we are, stuck right in the midst of some Champions League quarterfinal action. We'll be continuing along this theme both here and on the Sports Social Podcast Network with a couple of episodes of like Grandezi Keeps throughout every Wednesday, throughout the end of this business end of the season, whenever it's on. And of course, we'll keep in coming with those Champions League what-ifs over there on YouTube most weeks when the Champions League is on and over here on the Patreon. It is no different. You may have seen our, or rather listened to our story of my season, which charted the the ridiculousness of Chelsea in 2011-2012 and that cup double winning season of their first ever Champions League in the FA Cup. Here we are looking at two more Champions League winners in our own very special way, the Combined 11 podcast with a slightly different tint to it this time round. We've got Bayern Munich. And we've got Liverpool, two of the three most recent Champions League winners. And we're going to smash together a combined 11, a fantasy team of these two. And this was probably one of the hardest, one of the hardest choices I ever had to make on this podcast. So let's get started with the goalkeeper, because I'm not a homicidal maniac. And this is how we generate our teams here. And I think the formation, as opposed to recently, the formation recent episodes of this podcast, the formation is quite 
quite simple to discern. It is a 4-3-3. Liverpool play quite well. Um, may infer the choice of our manager later on. Um, more on that one later. And Bayern Munich, they roughly played a 4-3-3. could construe it as a 4-2-3-1 as well. Now, a little disclaimer before we get going. This is not the Bayern teams of now, the Liverpool teams of now. It's just the single seasons. It's also just the Champions League as well. So it's Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich 19 to 20 Champions League season. It's Liverpool 18 to 19 Champions League season. It's not the whole whack. It's not chattering, you know, seasons before, seasons after. It's just this. It's just the Champions League. And I hope that will be enough asterisks so we can build this beautiful team that I've got assembled. I'm very excited to unveil, which could be possibly with the correct manager, one of the greatest teams ever ever constructed and we are as always starting in net and we've got the undeniable Manuel Neuer now I know Liverpool fans Alisson is a fantastic keeper and yes he is superb one of the world's best but he's not the world's best and I still think still Manuel Neuer is the best and with the formation and the players that we're going to have especially at fullback especially at fullback we need the ultimate sweeper keeper and Manuel Neuer is Simply that. Manuel Neuer had to contend with um, some crazy high defensive line, which Liverpool do as well, let's not forget. Bayern Munich also do that. Alisson, I just don't think, is as adept at sweeping up an incredibly high line as Manuel Neuer is. His, probably his greatest achievement in terms of sweeping up was the Algeria match in the World Cup last 16. And from then on has of course gone from strength to strength this Bayern Munich treble winning team Manuel Neuer was at the heart of it and playing in a Bundesliga team notoriously high lines vertical direct football have to be on your game um, sweeping up and has done and definitely took that to the um, to the Champions League and when the dust settles on his career, I think that he will be in the bracket of a Levy Ashin, of a Gigi Buffon, of a Ika Casillas as well, as probably already is, though, to be fair, let's be honest, um, in terms of the greatest goalkeepers ever to live. He will be there. He will be in the pantheon of greatest goalkeepers. Alisson is in an elite band of goalkeeper, modern day. No doubt about that. I don't think he's quite ascended to being one of the best ever, not just there yet. In terms of contemporaries, yeah, he's up there he's in the conversation with your Edison's Neuer is still hanging in there as well. At Oblak, De Gea, Handanovic, who we mentioned last week. All those are all, they're all in the conversation. Probably missed out a couple. Eduard Mendy as well, um, for one. Um, they're all in the conversation recently. Um, Alison is definitely in that. He's not just, just not the, the man. And I think Neuer is the man. Um, and f- to cherry pick an example for Alison. The save against Napoli, absolutely crucial. Some might say it just smacks him in the face, but he's got a second movement of the arm there where he saved that, and it's probably the most crucial save that Liverpool had all season, well, easily all season. In the most recent history, it is Liverpool's most crucial save. But in terms of the system we're going with, in terms of the personnel, in terms of the abilities that our goalkeeper will need to have, we need to have the absolute best, the absolute best sweeper-keeper, and that is Manuel Neuer. And it just so happens that he falls in our laps with Bayern Munich's treble winning team. So our goalkeeper is Manuel Neuer. Now, going to fullback, although it might not sound it, these were probably the easiest 
decisions to make. And now if we're going on, just going on the Champions League seasons and that's it, we have to choose at right back, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Benjamin Pavard, got all the time in the world for Benjamin Pavard. I think he's a very, very solid right back. But for the system that we want to play, high fullbacks playing almost as wingbacks. Benjamin Pavard, I don't think is that. I think because of his defensive solidity and how he can play in a... A right back, which is essentially folding into a back three where he plays the right centre half. I think the system we want to play, Trent Alexander-Arnold, is all that. And he proved it in this season. And this is Trent Alexander-Arnold's breakout season. And to say that he played in almost every single game, started 11 games in the Champions League from a player that young, that inexperienced and was that good. I mean, come on, unreal. And he's obviously ascending since to become... Perhaps the greatest fullback of his generation, and he's still early 20s. He, what he's doing is unrealistic, really. He's just, he's outrageous. He got thrown into the deep end, obviously had that little, uh, that season beforehand when they went to the final in Kiev. He does almost nothing wrong. Um, defensively, I don't think, I don't buy all this that he's not good defensively. I still think he's very good defensive, but it's just because he gets so outshone going forward. He's it's just unreal how he is. And England and Liverpool as well, very, very lucky to have him. He'll go down in history um, for this Champions League season as well, because he took that short corner quite quickly. And uh, that is obviously, I think Liverpool would have qualified anyway, but that is the that is the landmark that people go to. With that semi-final, of course, um, tend to get tend to overlook a certain player who scored two goals in that. We won't overlook him. Don't worry, he's in our team. Um, but for right back, has to be Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now left back, you're thinking, well, it's Andy Robertson or it's Alfonso Davies, and it's obviously Andy Robertson. But no, um, if what we want to play for the Champions League season, let's not forget, and for the fact that going into that, it was obviously a protracted season um, in the Champions League because of the coronavirus. I have to choose Alfonso Davis. He was getting spoken of towards the end of that summer. He's been in the same circles as Andy Robertson. Not to dismiss Robertson at all, but in terms of recovery pace, in terms of what Alfonso Davis did for Bayern Munich that season, a recovered winger to become a wing-back, full-back. He's a wing-back, really, isn't he, in his nature, but full-back. I have to select him. The amount of times he helped them out in um, transitions, he's not a left-back. But his deployment here, I think, is crucial, and which is why we're seeing more wingers become fullbacks because attacking from deep, it's almost the way a box-to-box midfielder is put out wide. And if you Trent Alexander-Arnold, an inverted wingback at fullback position in the centre of the pitch as well. But Alfonso Davis overlaps a plenty recovery pace can just get up and down that left-hand side all day long, and with our left centre half that we're going to have. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Absolutely um, work in tandem beautifully. And um, it is it's a crucial sort of... He's been crucial in so many instances in that season where take up against uh, Kylian Mbappe in the final and against a slower fullback, he'd destroy them against Alfonso Davies. And it's a strength that um, Kyle Walker has in abundance that we've seen ad nauseum for Manchester City. The fact that he's a very quick fullback almost nullifies single-handedly um, a team's chance to counter-attack. And I think that we're going to be, this team's going to be a team that's on the ball a lot. 70% possession going for that, even though Liverpool do play quite vertically sometimes, sometimes more direct. But we want to be a team that keeps the ball. I think Liverpool have calmed that down to a certain extent um, as the years have gone on um, and not been as gegenpressing as they uh, used to be, calm themselves down a bit, being a bit more of a possession team. This is what this team can be. And if you get a team county here, which is invariably what will happen. You've got the you've got the pace of Davies, you've got the pace of Trent Alexander-Arnold and you've got the pace of our two centre-halves here who I think are a match made in heaven for one another. Now, there is your Jerome Boatangs, there is your Joel Matip, there is your Joe Gomez and there is the fact that David Alaba is actually a left-back. But in that season, in the treble winning season for Bayern Munich, you've got David Alaba at centre-half, which is why he's my left centre-back to cover for Alfonso Davies and this can also overlap if he has to on the left-hand side and also I mean it's the easiest decision on the pitch really Virgil van Dijk is our other centre-half now we've got the correct blend of tackling in uh, Virgil van Dijk's case defensiveness and progression which Virgil van Dijk does you've seen that with his um his season out where yes Liverpool weren't really that great defensively but they missed Virgil van Dijk for his attacking prowess as well. Not, obviously, rampaging forward and scoring 50 goals a season, but he's, he's lofted balls to Alexander-Arnold, to Robertson, out in really wide positions high up the pitch. They miss that. And obviously, with midfielders trying to replicate that in Henderson, Fabinho, it never, right, never really clicked. And that's where we we see Liverpool's weakness in terms of missing Van Dijk. It's not through defensive work primarily, it's through his build-up. And I think both Alaba and Van Dijk can do that. Of course, it goes without saying Van Dijk is probably the best centre-half on the planet right now. A tag that he's probably held since this season, since his transfer to Liverpool. Of course, played in the uh, Kiev final in 2018, where he just six months into the job really wasn't he? And then with Alisson, then they ascended to uh, to greatness. There's no really getting around to the fact that he's the best. or no really getting around him, really. Laugh out loud. Um <laughs> That was, his, that was his marquee stat, and I don't even think that's the most impressive thing about him, really. Um, anyway, it, it goes without saying, he was the first name on the team sheet, had to be. Um, so we've got the pace to stop the counters there with Van Dyke deceptively quick, Alaba, quick, quick as anything. He's, he used to play, he could play left back as an inverted wing back like a, a Philip Lamb, like a Trent Alexander-Arnold does now. He could play defensive mid like he, he got experimented with under Pep Guardiola, but for me, as centre-half with Alfonso Davies on the left, an absolutely ridiculous overload and the opportunities for overloads there, especially when we look at our uh, midfield three as we move on, which um, complements this defensive four, I think, quite well. Um, Alibur, not although not a cent- natural centre-half, blossomed in this role alongside um, Jerome Boateng. And 
he found his calling alongside what he's a strong-minded centre-half. Um, and then just think of Jerome Boateng getting upgraded to Virgil van Dijk. And then you've got, for me, you've got the perfect um, perfect centre-half partnership there. And to me, this back five is nearing absolute perfection, really. All you need is a Harry Maguire, don't you? Um, <laughs> regardless, let's not discuss him. Let's move on after this short break to discuss the midfield and the attack. And playing 4-3-3, we've got six players to go and we're going to got to make a big decision over Hansi Flick or Jurgen Klopp. And also because Niko Kovac was the manager at the start of the season, people tend to forget that. Maybe Niko Kovac gets it, he doesn't. We'll find out after this short break. Welcome back. Now, I revealed it a bit. I jumped the gun a little bit there before the break. We are playing a 4-3-3 now. I do believe that Thomas Muller does have a place in this team, does have a place in modern football, really. People say the death of the number 10. I think that's absolute bollocks, to put it politely, um, because a number 10 can play in a 4-3-3, because in a 4-3-3, you essentially play a 6, an 8, and a, an 8 that's a bit more progressive, so essentially a 10. So just see what Pep Guardiola does with his teams. Vaguely like that, isn't it? But... Thomas Muller is not in this team because we've got two players that I think are a bit more attuned to what we're going to do here. And our number six, like Virgil van Dijk, was probably one of the first names on the team sheet. And it's not a Liverpool player. It's Joshua Kimmich. Just beats Fabinho for that role. And um, I think on his day, Kimmich is one of the best number sixes in the world. He's proven that time and time and time again. He sits incredibly deep to cover for marauding fullbacks, which he'll have to do in this, won't he? He'll have to do in this team. He can also be flexible and play right back, but his, his best position is a six. Dropping in between your Alaba and Van Dijk partnership and progressing the ball that way, it would be an absolute dream to watch that in full force, wouldn't it? Alfonso Davis, speed merchant on the left, Alexander-Arnold, also quite tricky and speedy, but superbly creative player on the right. And with wingers playing inside forwards, it, we've we've got the all the recipes of a of a superb team here. And not to discredit Fabinho as well, I think he has become absolutely integral to Liverpool. We've seen that when obviously when Virgil Van Dijk was missing in action when he was injured, him moving to centre half completely destroys the team as well. Because we miss his shielding of the defence now, teams could just attack Liverpool in the transition far easier. Fabinho is still for me in the top number three, no, top three number sixes in the world currently. But in this season, strictly, I, I say that Kimmich, Kimmich of course is still up there in terms of number sixes. I think Kimmich is the more important player. He sits deep like Fabinho, and he has a relationship with the Tiagos, the Goretzkas, Thomas Muller, of course, in front of him. And um, that sort of relationship with Thiago, I think, lends itself to what we're going to build our structure in midfield on. And we have to select Thiago here. He was the, he was the, I don't want to call him a breakout star, but suddenly in um, in the finals tournament in August 2020, everybody was talking about Thiago. Now he'd been at Bayern Munich since 2014 when Pep Guardiola took charge, or 2013 it would have been. He brought, as Andy Tate would say, a Barca style of play to Bayern. But I think he only got the respect he was deserved when we get to this season, the treble winning season for for Bayern Munich, which is really bizarre. Obviously, he had his, he had his um, injury issues, still does, um, obviously now of Liverpool, funnily enough. But then of Bayern, he was spoken of in, 
incredibly high circles, obviously with his um, with his past along the same lines as a Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets. And to play it with Barcelona, with Kimmich behind him, with Goretzka alongside him, I think it was like the perfect blend of the three. With Muller coming in from the right, it was an absolute beautiful sort of midfield makeup. Now, we don't have Goretzka or Muller. We don't have them in our team, but we have got two players who I think probably were more important to their team. Although Muller, yes, very important, regained his place at Bayern Munich after losing it under Niko Kovac. Niko Kovac, probably a proponent of the saying that the number 10 is dead in football. Thomas Muller proves that again and again and again wrong. So alongside a Thiago, his metronomic best, still absolutely dazzling on the ball and passing the ball and any kind of progression you want. You want a, obviously because Thiago plays a little bit deeper, you want a box-to-box eight, someone who's essentially a 10, but is attacking the ball a bit deeper, like a Frank Lampard. Here is where I said we've got our unsung player. Now, Leon Goretzka, Thomas Muller, they grabbed all the headlines. Goretzka beefed up, didn't he, in lockdown and uh, suddenly became Lota Mateus. Uh, but uh, we've got Genie Wijnaldum as our number eight. If we're, if we're discussing this season on season, you have to have Genie Wijnaldum in there. Just if we're talking the Champions League, just if we're discussing this season. He was the most underrated player out of both teams, both seasons, comfortably. He scores the two goals against Barcelona whilst Trent Alexander-Arnold reaps the rewards of the headlines afterwards. He was absolutely integral to um, to Liverpool that season. He's not been sorely missed, but they've had, Liverpool have had to attune themselves without him. Also, it did help that um, Javi Elliott hit the ground running when he returned. And we saw a little bit that Liverpool lost their form when Javi Elliott went... Um, got injured, that horrific injury. But it's because Liverpool were missing that that fluid box-to-box eight on that side. And Wijnaldum played that role so perfectly, so expertly. And he has to be... has to be, Obviously, the struggle for Liverpool is relative to them. He's not actually struggling, but uh, struggling in a, in a um, high-demanding team like Liverpool and their, their wants for trophies like the Champions League, the Premier League... Premier League. Wijnaldum was the perfect box-to-box. And let's not forget, he was signed from a relegated Newcastle United. And um, incredible, an incredible player as well. And on the wings, although Bayern Munich did have, or rather still do have, two incredible wingers. Obviously, you got, I think you would have to lump in Thomas Muller into this equation as well. But you've got the Champions League winner in Kingsley Coman scores a winning goal in the final. I don't think that's enough. I don't think that's enough. Like we're not selecting Divock Origi, even though that's not really a winning goal, is it a second goal? Serge Gnabry had his moments, definitely had his moments. Um, tormented a lot of teams, Barcelona, Spurs as well, included in that one. And because um, we're not going with Thomas Muller on the right, of course, you have to. Well, there's no getting around it. You have to choose Mo Salah. Of course, we're not discussing current football, but right now he's in form probably... Probably him or Kevin De Bruyne for me or Kylian Mbappe is the best footballer on earth. Maybe for Lewandowski, maybe for Karim Benzema in there as well. In top five best players in world football at the minute. He was still there right now. And he had he was coming off the back of one hell of a season, one hell of a first season in the 17-18 season. Of course, that season marred by his injury in the final against Real Madrid. But... I think Sadio Mane, at his absolute, absolute best around this time, particularly in this season, may have outshone him a little bit. 
Now, we can't get around the fact that Mo Salah was injured for the ba- the Barcelona comeback. Sadio Mane, in 2019, I think, was that was him at his peak. He may have drifted slightly since, whilst Salah, of course, has gone on to bigger and better things. But right here in the now, in 2019, on his day, I think he was the most explosive wide attacker that were... I, c- I couldn't... He was... There's not very many... People bandy around the word unplayable quite a lot. But I think Sadio Mane, on the absolute top of his game... And I think Mo Salah does come into this, but only now. He's got a lot of goals in the 2017-18 season. I don't think he was reaching unplayable, but Sadio Mane for me was unplayable in this season. Absolutely unplayable. And um, Gnabry has that to an extent. Coleman less so, but um, I mean, in terms of inside forwards for what we want to do in this system, Salah and Mane, absolutely perfect. And to be honest, the choices are fairly comfortable from here on out. Because out wide, Liverpool are far, far stronger. And the number nine, well, <laughs> I'm not going to diss Roberto Firmino. Plenty of people try to, but I think he plays an absolutely one of the most important roles in Liverpool's team then and now in terms of a false nine. Maybe Diogo Jota's doing that, taking on that mantle right now. But here in 2019, Roberto Firmino, again like Wijnaldum, and again, we see it all the time, false nines, etc. Um, our number nine choice is, of course, Eric Chupomax. <laughs> no, it's not. It's uh, it's Robert Lewandowski. It has to be. He can play false nine. He can play complete forward. He can play a forward that presses off the front foot. The best number nine I have probably seen. Maybe if you count Cristiano Ronaldo towards that, maybe is a close second. Ronaldo as well, the earlier version, but he's in those he's in those sort of circles. So that he has to be in this team. He has to be in this team. Either in a four two three one, either in a four three three complete forward or a false nine. He's an alien. He's an alien. He broke Gerd Muller's timeless record, or so we thought. He's gone on to do bigger and better things, scoring goals. He's the most complete forward I think I've seen since the Brazilian Ronaldo, and obviously he's sort of peak was curtailed before his actual peak it was ridiculous so we've got Mo Salah Sadio Mane either side of Lewandowski I think that's probably the most devastating front three I don't need to talk about Lewandowski he's stupidly good he's ridiculously good I mean he's quite obviously the best number nine on form at the minute and it's so easy to see how an inside forwards of Mo Salah on the right and Mane on the left, or you could invert. You could inv- you could certainly invert Alexander Arnold, so he's in the half spaces more, and Salah's out wide. I think Alfonso Davis is always going to do them overlaps on the left, isn't he? So um, Mane would have to tuck in a little bit, and Lewandowski can do it all. Can't he? he can absolutely do it all, and retain any scoring record that for me, you know, it's not really in his game. It's not really his job to do in the Liverpool team because of these so prolific <laughs> wide men for him but Lewandowski could do that and those three together would be absolutely absolutely devastating and we have it I think so far we have got it 6-5 to Bayern Munich just about with that Lewandowski with that Lewandowski uh, choice but with our last choice our 12th and last choice we're unfortunately we're going to sit on the fence again I think this is the third episode in a row where we've combined an 11 and we've got it six all and just sometimes it's the journey that's the most exciting thing we don't have to have a winner all the time with everything everything's not a competition 
And um, and here we are today. And to be fair, it's an easy choice, isn't it? It's Jurgen Klopp all day long. Yes, Hansi Flick brought some absolutely superb football to Bayern Munich and was probably incorporating a lot of the work that Klopp did anyway in his 4-3-3. Now, Niko Kovac, I joked earlier, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, they won the league, but that is not enough at uh, Bayern Munich. Alienated a few of the players as well. Not a good uh, look for the biggest job in the land, um, even including the national team job, of course, which Hansi Flick has then gone on to manage a job that Jurgen Klopp wants as well. So maybe after... Euro 2024 after Hansi Flick. Maybe Hansi Flick will still be there. But for his for his football, for his, you know, management of a of a club, not just the actual, you know, football management, the management of a club, Jurgen Klopp has to take it. Now Hansi Flick and his Bayern Munich team, I've probably got more excited watching his team. That's probably because I'm a Man United fan, not a Liverpool fan. I didn't want Liverpool to win the Champions League. I'll hold my hands up with that one. But is Klopp is undeniable. He's absolutely undeniable. Have to choose him. One of the greatest modern day managers goes without saying. I can't do him justice, obviously, but just to say that he's up there with a, a Guardiola. It, currently, the best manager alongside Guardiola. And um, because we're talking Hansi Flick, not Guardiola, I've got to choose Klopp. And again, splinters up my ass. It's six all. We've got another tied combined 11 episode, and I can only apologize for that. But uh, that is just the way some of these things are going. When you're too incredible teams like Juventus and Milan were last week, like Bayern Munich and Liverpool are this week. I mean, it's always going to be close. It's not going to be an 8-3 or a 9-2 or even an 11-0 or 12-0 as we have it now since we're discussing the managers. It is um, always going to be close and it has been there this week. And next week, we are, we're not, we're going to stray away from the combined 11. We are discussing... Champions League again, of course. We've got Juventus 1996-97 season covered in the story of my season podcast. You know, that time when they won their second Champions League, quite the season as it was, as were... I'm talking to you on the 15th of March. I'm expecting them to be in the Champions League quarterfinals against Villarreal, although it is a bit touch and go, I'll admit. Um, hopefully, for the for the optics and the uh, engagements on social media, that will be there. And we're also going to tackle, because I don't know half the... Uh, Champions League quarterfinal field. Um, I'm going to leave this blank for now, but we've got a head-to-head planned for two quarterfinal teams. Maybe even Bayern Munich and Liverpool. I don't don't see much um, point in revisiting all this again, but we'll have it for you in one way or another. Maybe it's Real Madrid. Maybe it's it's Man United. Who knows? They might even be knocked out Man United, but who knows? Regardless, we'll be there next week, next Wednesday with that, as well as your usual goodness on the old uh, YouTube channel, seven days a week, Champions League stuff. We've got a few transfer what-ifs as well to come and other stuff. And continuing with Le Grandes Equipes on the old sports social podcast network every Wednesday up until the business end of the season with a couple of with a couple of episodes of the Barclays thrown in for good measure. We're going to cover... Um, obscure footballs as well we'll have a couple of episodes of them before we see out the season but until then thank you very much for watching thank you for supporting the channel and uh, listening and until next time see Podcast Network.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.